morning. Can you hear me all right? We're going to go ahead and recite Psalm 117. So if you'd please take a look up here. And we're going to go ahead and start praising God by saying, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning. Let's all stand and worship the Lord together.
take a moment to uh, greet your neighbor and say hello. As you take your seats, please turn your attention to the screen. Welcome to La Jolla Community Church. If you're new with us today, we want you to feel at home and know this is a safe place where we are so glad to have you here. My name is Rihanna Contreras and I'm the Director of Children's Ministries here at LJCC. For us, church is so much more than just a Sunday service. It's a place to meet people and create real lasting relationships in community. We want you to know that we create experiences outside of church to connect with other people. One of the best ways to find out about these opportunities we have is to fill out the prayer and connect card in your bulletin. Take that card out and fill out as much information as you feel comfortable sharing. If you need prayer, write out a prayer request and we'll be praying for you. And then during the offering, slip that card in the offering basket as it gets passed around. One of our staff members will reach out to you during the week. There's a lot happening at LJCC, so we want to take a few minutes and share a couple things coming up for you and your family. It may seem like an eternity before students are back in school, but we know that's actually right around the corner. So while students are still in that stay up all night spirit, we've designed an experience that's just right for them. It's called Youth Lock-Ins. It's a time for students to laugh, witness how God is moving in their lives, and welcome new students to the body of Christ. Picture students running around on our campus in a surprise scavenger hunt to uncover clues, praise God through worship music, and eat snacks. Teams are formed, and in friendly competition, students form deeper relationships. The evening is possible because of a few brave adults. So if you or your student is game, contact Ryan Sylvia today to get signed up. You've asked when are we getting together as an entire church family? So here it goes. Pack a picnic and come out on Friday, August 30th for our final summer movie night and an all-church picnic. We'll have a grill out for you to cook your grillables, hang out, eat, and play games at 6.30, then enjoy a showing of the movie Ugly Dolls at 7.30 p.m. We'll also be serving up a special treat for dessert. The story of this movie is about a group of plush dolls who are less than perfect. It sends an empowering message to push aside flaws and accept people for who they are. What better way to celebrate together our identity in Christ? So come join the entire community of church, preschool, and neighbors in the area over food, games, and a movie. We will also have free popcorn and lemonade to enjoy during the movie. See you there! for being here with us today. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at ljcc.org. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel his love stronger today than ever before. Thanks again for being with us.
Again, can you hear me? There we go. <laughs> Would you please pray with me? Faithful triune God, eternal in the heavens, you are the great I am. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are holy, enthroned in the praises of your people, our faithful and changeable one, and here we are. We lift up our hearts and our confessions to you this morning. You searched us and truly know us. For the next few moments in silence, show us by your spirit what we need to confess. Thank you, God, for your compassionate, loving grace to us and making us right with you through the blood of Jesus. And because of that, we can come boldly to your throne with our requests. This morning, I ask you to give us grace and strength in this ever-changing world. Transition seems to be the only thing we can count on here. People come and people go. The things in our lives that we lean on for security can be snatched away in a moment. Events in the world around us make us anxious and afraid, and our faith can hang by a thread. But you, you never change, and we can count on you because you always promised to be with us, holding our hands and our hearts, calling us to trust you with our very fragile lives. As we do that, help us to come alongside each other, to encourage each other, and all the more as we see the day, your day, drawing near. Give us grace to trust you more. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Janet. Well, uh, delightful having you in worship today. Thanks for being here. I uh, hope you've been enjoying this summer series about wisdom in bite-sized pieces. It doesn't look like you've been enjoying the series in wisdom in bite-sized pieces. <laughs> uh, it's been great uh, sharing uh, the series with uh, guest preachers today. Uh, Gerard Long is with us. Would you take a moment to read the back of your bulletin? There's a, there's a paragraph there. Just read that right now because it will give you a ramp up to what comes next. Now, take a moment just to read the back of your bulletin. It says, we've talked about wisdom and we've broken it into bite-sized pieces, we wanted to touch on super important things throughout the summer, and obviously one of those would be marriage. Next week we'll be talking about wisdom and families. Uh, healthy marriages are the foundation uh, for cultures, uh, for, for communities, for countries, for congregations. Uh, whether you're single uh, or <coughs> you're widowed or a widower, uh, wherever you are in, in your journey as a human being, uh, we all depend on healthy marriages. And so one of the things we wanted to do was to reflect on what does it look like uh, to be in a healthy marriage? What's the wisdom behind a healthy marriage? And in a time in our culture when it is so con confusing to talk about marriage, we wanted to have a little bit of clarity and wisdom about that. And so as you hear uh, Gerard speak today, 
uh, know that he's coming out of this background. He's speaking out of a place of brokenness and redemption. So he's not talking as an authority and an expert uh, uh, on marriage from a, a high place. He's talking about it from the place of meeting God intimately in, in the midst of a very dark season. And I think that's the kind of thing that we want to acquire by way of becoming wise, is that God meets us wherever we are. And it's often in those most unlikely places uh, that we, we find that it's, it's, it's possible to say, Jesus is all you need because Jesus is all you've got. And so uh, at the heart of all this series on, on wisdom, it's about the fact that God wants us to become wise, not just knowledgeable or informed, certainly that. He wants us to become wise uh, so that we can live well. And so uh, we are absolutely delighted, Gerard, to have you here. Thank you, Jeannie, for being here, too. And so welcome, Gerard Long. Well, Steve, thank you so much. And it's been a, such a great honor and a privilege to be with you and Janet uh, over the last few hours and your hospitality. We realize we've got kindred hearts um, in, in many ways. One of them is that we, we have shared God's heart for the lost and the broken. And uh, it's wonderful all, all that you're doing here at La Jolla uh, in, in focusing the church out to reach out to those broken and lost people. Well, uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to talk about marriage today because it's God's institution. It's the first institution that God established here on earth. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. I want to share about it. Just a few days ago, I uh, was doing what, what I do, do to relax, which is play tennis. I love playing tennis. And I was playing against this guy, and we were in the second set, and it was going really well for me. I'd previously played, uh, played him before, this guy. He'd, he'd crushed me in the, in the second set, 6-1. I was up 5-2. Everything was going really well. And then suddenly, bursting through onto the court was this young lady. And she said, hey, can I come and watch your game? Well, I had this guy against the ropes. I, you know, was the finishing touches for this game. I, and I quite honestly, I didn't want her to be in the court. And I was about to say something. My friend said, yeah, sure, come in, no problem. So she came and sat and watched us, and she was very, very loud and cheering and everything else. And um, my game started falling apart. Well, that's another thing. We, in between, in between uh, changing ends, I was, we were sitting down. We just got chatting. She was saying about how her boyfriend and her were having a terrible time together. And then she turns to my friend, who I don't think he's a believer, and, he, and she says to him, um, how... How many, have you been married? Are you married? And he said, no, I'm not married. But he said, I have been. My first marriage lasts for 10 years. My second marriage lasts for 15 years. So then she turns to me and she said, how about you? Are you married? And I said, yeah, I'm married. Well, how long? How long have you been married? So I said to her, well, 38 years. What? She said, she could hardly believe it. 38 years? How could that happen? And I, uh, you have now, before what I say next, I have to explain, I live in, in Malibu, and it's very sort of new agey, you know, people stroke crystals, and, and they have big fat Buddhas outside their houses, and all, all sorts of things like this. So I, I pointed upwards, you see. Now, you and I would know what I'm talking about when I do that. Well, I pointed up, she said, oh, the sun, it's the sun. And I, no, 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 not the sun. I said, it's God. It's God. And little did she realize how much... I know that Jeannie and my marriage today is, is so beautiful. It's all because of him. It's all because of him. It's all because of his grace. And I think if, if, if there's one message I want to share today, 
uh, it is that God's grace, and in its simplest form, I would define that as being Jesus. Uh, we have his life through the Holy Spirit, John 16, 14. He will take from what is mine, he will make it known to you. We have his life available to us for whatever our needs are in any particular time. Now, in a, in a group like this, some marriages, if you're 10 out of 10, you'd say, hey, yeah, we're 10, everything's going great, it's wonderful. And, and we were like that. Jean and I were like that. We, had, we, got, uh, we met in an English road, rose garden in 1978. We got married on the 4th of April, uh, 1981. And for the first 24 years, it was fantastic, really great. Now, we, we had some issues when our children got to adolescence, you know. Um, but on the whole, it was just amazing. Beautiful, beautiful time together. Um, and we had lots of fun. You know, we'd go and have picnics and holidays in Portugal and France. And just it was beautiful. Lots of laughter. Lots of games, all of those good things that marriage is all made up of. And I would encourage you, enjoy those times. Make the most of them. They're special, special times. But then in, in 2005, um, after I'd said, I'd said to Jeannie in 2004, does it get any better than this? Everything was going great. We were on the top of the mountain. And there's probably some here who are on the top of the mountain. Um, others, others who'd say, oh, no, not quite on the top of the mountain, halfway up maybe. And maybe there's some of you who are down in the valley. And we tend to go through seasons in our Christian walk. Sometimes it's, it's great. Sometimes we're struggling. Praise God, God's grace is there for us wherever we are. Wherever we are. Well, after saying to Jeannie, does it get any better than this? Literally the next year, 2005, everything started to fall apart. And it got to the bottom of the valley um, when on the, on the 8th of, of November, our youngest son, after taking a drug and reportedly it was only marijuana. Uh, I now know that there are a small percentage of people that it seriously affects. People don't tell you this, but it's true. And they've become paranoid, paranoia and delusional, and that's what happened to Alex. And uh, he ended up committing suicide. Um, our, our life just fell apart. Our, our world fell apart, and it was the most painful thing you can imagine. Um, Jeannie, uh, her beautiful love, turned very dark. Uh, her broken mother's heart, and uh, she, the horrible thing with suicide is not just the grieving of the per for the person, particularly for a child, it's actually blame. And we know that we have, a, we have a, a, an adversary who's in the business of accusation. He's the accuser of the brethren. So he came at us big time, accusing. And Jeannie, Jeannie um, just went into this darker and darker place of, of shock and, and hurt to bitterness, to anger, to hatred. And our marriage, which had been sweetness and light, turned out to be bitterness and darkness. And we were literally, we got to a point where we were, we were literally at one thread that was hang, holding us together. The good news is that that thread was God's love in the middle of our marriage. And if there's one thing I would encourage you to, for all, all who are married and all who are going to be married and for those who are not married please pray for the marriages because I believe marriages are a reflection of God's glory I'm going to say that a few times this morning and at the center of a Christian marriage should be God's love the ancient Greeks identified three forms of human love eros which is sexual love um, storge which is family love and filiae, which is affection uh, or an intimacy of relationship 
you two, two really good friends, you're going to have that filial love. Well, Jeannie was hating me at the time. She was hating herself. She was hating God. She lost her faith for two years after that. And my human love was coming to an end. I wasn't just running on empty. The fumes were going as well. And I would get up in the middle of the night and I'd go down to my study and I would weep until I had no more tears to cry. Our beautiful life, our beautiful family had been crushed, it seemed. And I cried out to God at the throne of grace. And that's one other thing I, I would leave you with today. Hebrews 4 verse 16, which says, we go boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Probably we've all got needs this morning, have we? We've all got different things that we cry out to God for. The promise of God's grace is that he will equip us with everything we need to do God's will. Everything we need to do God's will. Well, at the time, I needed more love. My human love had come to an end. And yet I knew that God wanted me to keep on loving Jeannie. But I had nothing left. And I'd get there, cry my eyes out, Lord, help me. It's a good prayer. Help, Lord. And I said, Lord, help me. And he did. This incredible love. The wonderful thing about this, those are the three things of human love. There's a fourth love the Bible talks about. It's called agape love. And that's the love we read about in Romans 5, 5, where it says the Holy Spirit pours God's love, agape love, into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And what is that love? The, 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 the source of, of, of agape love is God himself. The focus of agape love is God himself. And what that love does is cause us to fall in love with Jesus Christ. I guess probably all of us have experienced, have some time, a touch of God's love. Sometimes it's in worship, isn't it? When you're just loving on Jesus with everything you've got. That was the love that kept me when I could so easily say, I can't do this anymore. 19 out of 20 marriages fail, can fail after the suicide of a child. And so I'm saying, Lord, I don't, I don't like this. This is horrible. It's really hurting. But nevertheless, because I love you, Jesus, I want to go on. Would you help me? And the wonderful thing is I'd, got, I'd get up in the, in the next morning and there'd be more love for Jeannie. More love would flow. Now, where did that come from? Because it wasn't me. I was finished. It was him. That's how God's grace works, by the Holy Spirit. He pours it into our hearts so I could keep loving Jeannie. And it went on for two years. Two years. And bit by bit, God's love started to flow through. She was in darkness. The lovely thing about God's love, it brings light. You know, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. We have God's light inside of us. And as we love, that light flows out. What does it do to darkness? It drives it away, doesn't it? Darkness can't stick around when there's God's love. So as I was loving on Jeannie, bit by bit, she started to get God's glimmers of light came to her in her darkness. And she came out of her brokenness. And our love is deeper now than it's ever been. I won't go into the rest of the story. But I wanted to share that to, to give you a context of really knowing that God's grace is there for us wherever we are, wherever you are this morning, God's love is there for you. God's grace is there for you to help you on your journey. And what he wants us to do, he wants, through our brokenness, to reveal Jesus to a broken world. 
through our brokenness. Someone, someone said to, to, to uh, the other day, he said, our, our, our affliction is directly related to our destiny in revealing Jesus. And so as we, as we reveal Jesus in our brokenness, guess what? People can start to say, how is it you guys get through? And we can say, it's all him. It's all Jesus. Point to him, praise God. And so we've come to see, for all of us, in different ways or other, God wants our marriages to be revealing Jesus to a broken world. Not just to the broken world, but in Ephesians 3, verse 10, it's it's a very interesting verse. It says, God's intent is that now, through the church, through you and me, his manifold wisdom might be made known to the the angels and the rulers in the heavenly realms. In other words, we are revealing through Jesus in us and how he lives in us, we're revealing to the angels, good and bad, the wisdom of God. Isn't that mind-blowing? It's absolutely mind-blowing. And they're watching us. Oh, now we're seeing God's wisdom there. We're seeing God's purposes. We're seeing what God's love looks like. Praise God. So we started to see that. So we're here to reveal through, through our marriages what does God's love look like. I want to do two passages now. Give us a bit of context, a bit of background. And then we're going to get on. I'm going to end with three points, these tidbits of wisdom, if I may. So we'll put the first passage up. This is from uh, the book of Philippians. The context is Paul is saying, look, if you've got any encouragement in Jesus, hopefully we could all say, yeah, I've got encouragement in Jesus. He goes on to say then, I want you to live like he lived. How did he live? Well, he was God, but he made himself nothing. He laid his life down, became a servant, came in human form into a broken world and died on a cross for us. He said, I want you to follow how Jesus walked. I want you to lay your life down in the same way. And then he goes on to say, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What's he talking about there? Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Well, we know that when we come to faith in Jesus, we're saved by grace, yes, through faith in Jesus. And that point of receiving Jesus, we are literally born again. We are literally given a new spirit and we're brought into God's family. We use the word saved. Some people don't like that word saved. You come to faith in Jesus, you've been rescued, you've been transferred into his kingdom. Hopefully we can all say that this morning. If you haven't, then someone will pray with you afterwards. Don't go from here. If you haven't received Jesus, haven't been rescued for eternity. That's settled. But that's actually, that's not the end of the story. We have been saved. Here's the next bit. We are being saved. What does that mean? It means we're being transformed into his likeness. You know that. The theologians call that sanctification. We're being transformed as we see more of Jesus. The Holy Spirit changes into his likeness. That's what Paul's talking about here. The third phase, by the way, is that we will be saved when Jesus comes back or we go to be with him and we get a new body. Praise God. As I get older, I can't wait for that new body. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. God's working in us to, to reveal Jesus. Take it seriously, as it were. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fill his good purpose. What's his good purpose? To reveal Jesus. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Can anyone agree with that? You never grumble or argue. That's not you. That's the other guys who do that. All right? you, you guys never do that. Without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. 
We live in a dark and depraved world, yeah? It's getting darker by the day. A lot of confusion. Where is truth? Blah, 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 blah. We hold to the maker's instructions. What are we? We become stars. We're revealing God's purposes and God's kingdom in this world. Like stars in the sky. Beautiful. Okay, so let's move on to the next passage. So now we move on to more specific things that the Bible says about Christian marriage. I can't go into all of this now, but we'll just read it through. Wives, submit to yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the, of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, which, is, uh, which he is the saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and present to himself a radiant church. That's us. He wants us to be radiant. Without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his, his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they, they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. So here's some more specifics. I can't go into all of it now. Other than the fact that God is working to reveal his glory here on earth. Specifically, for example... Uh, Husbands, lay down your lives for your wives as Jesus laid down his life for the church. That's what Jesus was asking me to do when Jeannie was in her darkness. Gerald, you've got to die. You've got to lay your life down. And it hurt. But the cross hurts. It's painful. Jesus said, take up your cross daily. The great promise is, is that the grace, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. One of the greatest ways we grow in Jesus is in our relationships, and the closest relationship you'll get is the marriage relationship, because you've got to live together, <laughs> and it's not always easy. And, and husbands, lay down your lives for your wives. You've got to say no to self. There's a lot of dying to self. I had to die. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, and yet I live. And he goes on from there. So we're starting to see now that, that those, those scriptures, how it fits in. Three things then um, I want to share are, are, are these tidbits of wisdom. First, the first thing is, what is then the purpose of our marriages? And we live in a very confused world. Uh, we live in a very hedonistic world where it's all about me. What can I get out of things? What can I do? How am I being made happy? Is my spouse making me happy? All about me. But actually, the Bible says it's not about you at all. Purpose-driven life, remember the first three words? It's not about you. And that's the truth. It's all about Jesus. He should be exalted. So the first thing we've got to realize is that the purpose of our marriage is not about how I can get happy. It's the question is, am I making you happy, Lord? Am I pleasing you? And how I'm loving my spouse, am I, am I making you pleased? And doing your will, Jesus, all he did, your will be done. I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but do the will of him who sent me. So we keep to the, what the maker's instructions are. In a confused, a very confused world, a world, especially in the West, it's in a lot of darkness. The God of this age has blinded people's eyes, lest they should see the glorious truth of Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 
What does that mean? Is that people don't see things properly. They don't see things as they are. Who does that? Satan does that. He blinds people. He confuses people. So then you question, well, what's the truth? What is truth? We, don't we live in a world? What, what is the truth? People are saying, absolute. So they all make up their own truth. Oh, I, I think this is right or this is right. Praise God for us. We have God's word, which is the truth. Jesus is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. We hold on to what the Bible says. And then we're on solid ground. So we have to understand that the, it's how what God says, my opinion means nothing. Nor does yours. The only opinion that counts is God's opinion. It's the only thing that matters. So we, we hold on to God's word. And we see in that that he's re- revealing Jesus. So two things of love. 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about verse 4 to 8, talks about what love is. What is love? Well, the first thing it says about love is patience. Yeah, it's as simple as that, patience. And I know when Jeannie was in her darkest hour and she was really, it, was, it went on and on. And God had to deal with my impatience because I wanted my Jeannie back. We, I wanted our beautiful marriage back. And it was, it was, it was dark and I wanted to, to get healed quickly, come on. And you, people go through grief in different ways. And it takes time and I had to learn to be patient in that. I'm still learning to be patient all the time. Patience is not getting upset or angry with uh, people who uh, are doing things that annoy you. <laughs> Unfortunate habits. Any, any marriages? No, 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 don't show you. <laughs> Annoying habits, yeah? Not letting that get to you, not being bothered by those things. Giving them over, being patient. You see, I, I, we can't change you can't change your spouse. Some people go into marriage and think, oh, give me six months, I'll sort this one out. You know? <laughs> and then they get shot, oh, he's not changing at all. You can't change a person. The only person who can change us is Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit who comes and changes us from within. And what does he do? He brings insight. So suddenly you think, hang on, perhaps what I'm doing here is annoying my spouse. Maybe I shouldn't do it. And guess what? You start to change. And what are the things that come out when, you, when you're changing? You become more like Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's a big one today. Self-control yourself. You don't just do what you want to do. You do what's right before God. Those things should be coming out more and more in our marriages. So being patient with one another, God is near. God's working. Praise God. Kindness. Second thing of love is kindness. We need more kindness to each other, don't we? And kindness is a beautiful thing when you think about it. Fr- just being friendly. I, I loved it when, I, when we were um, in, in London and our, our happy days in London. And uh, it was a busy day. I was, we were helping to, to pastor a church. I, I was bivocational, so I was working in banking at the same time. Three young children. We used to do Alpha in our home. Uh, for five years, three times a year. So we, we, were, we were very busy. And um, I always remember Jeannie's, I would say, loving kindness to me. I'd come home, and she had a busy day as well. And, and it could be the other way around. It is now. Jeannie comes home to me now, and I, I'm at home, whatever. But I, she, we, we decided in our marriage, Jeannie would stay at home while I was working and, and help with the children. And she would always make a point that when I knocked on the door... 
uh, and come home, she would come and greet me. And uh, not just any old greeting. This was a great greeting. This was a, a greeting, boy, I'm so pleased to see you. And she would have a nice kiss. And, uh, and, and I'd go, I, I just felt so, so welcomed and warm when she, did, when she did that. She made me feel good. Someone said once, people may not remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And I encourage us in our marriages, how are you making your spouse feel? Are we making them, are we making them feel good? Are they feeling great? Are we helping to, to make them bring a smile on their face? Or have we got so into ourselves that we've forgotten about doing that for our spouse? Kindness, generosity, helping to fill their tank. Um, there's so many things that will drain us as people today, but we want to fill one another's tank, so to speak. Um, emotional intelligence. So it's an interesting thing. They've discovered now that the best way people can advance in the corporate world is with this thing called emotional intelligence. Have anyone heard of that? Yeah. It's basically being sensitive to other people. It's basically the, you're having an awareness of how other people are, are behaving, their weaknesses, their strengths, and adjusting accordingly, and how your action is impacting other people as well. We need a bit more emotional intelligence sometimes in our marriages, where we can be sensitive to where our spouse is at, what they're doing, how they're feeling, what they're struggling with, uh, and adjust accordingly to help them on their journey. So just a few things uh, about those things, patience, kindness. Revealing the cross of Jesus. Revealing the cross of Jesus, which is basically about laying your life down. Simply laying our lives down for our spouse. It's a contrast to culture. Because we're always being bombarded in culture. It's all about you. It's all about what you want. And the, the tragedy sometimes is that Christian marriages get into trouble and then they go to a secular... I'm not, nothing against counselors, love counselors, great. But they're not based on God's word. And suddenly they're being counseled. Oh, your spouse isn't giving you what you need. You need to move off. And they end up getting divorced. I mean, it's so tragic. And God hates divorce. Now, if anyone who are divorced, God takes you for where you're at. So don't, don't feel condemned or anything else. But God wants marriages to be wonderful and amazing. Uh, and he'll take us for where, we're, where we're at. So, so again, we can be confident that his grace will take us on for where we are today. So um, the next thing I want to talk about is just forgiveness under this, and I won't go into a lot of detail because of time. Micah 6 verse 8 says this, The Lord has shown you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And I think right at the center of our marriages should be forgiveness. Forgiveness. Why? I'll give you eight reasons. Number one, because God has forgiven us. All right? And if we ever have a saying, well, I couldn't forgive my spouse for this, way too big. Just remember how God forgave us, yeah? what he's forgiven us. Number two, forgiving people frees yourself. If you hold unforgiveness in your heart, you're damaging yourself. Number three, it's, it's for God's glory. Number four, courage, you need courage. Number five, people don't often know what they're doing. When there's spiritual darkness over people's minds, people behave in a certain way. And they don't really know what they're doing. On the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Well, in a sense, they knew. of course they knew what they were doing. But in another sense, they had no idea that they were crucifying the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And sometimes when we hurt other people, or they hurt us, they don't really appreciate what they're doing. Ginny, in her darkness, she didn't really want to hurt me. We had a beautiful 
wonderful love relationship. Why would she want to hurt me so much? She was in darkness. And so forgive, because people don't often know what they're really doing. Um, hold no record of wrongs, recover quickly, and forgive before the offense occurs. That's a, a real key. Forgive before the offense occurs. So don't, don't wait until, oh, I might forgive, I might not. It all depends. Depends how I feel. Depends how big the, the offense is. I'm gonna, I make a choice to live in forgiveness. So even before you've done anything, I've forgiven you. How about that? Not bad if we could live like that. Even before you tread on my toes, I'll forgive you. Not a bad deal. That's how God is us. When we come to confess our sins, he said, yeah, I've taken care of it. All right, through, through Jesus, it's all done. Come into my arms quickly. Come on, come into my arms. That's how God wants us to be, get, get through it. Second issue, a tidbit of, of, of wisdom, communication. Isn't it a lovely thing that God wants us to pray? Don't you love that? Everything is revolved around drawing us into prayer with him. Why? Because he loves to talk to us. He loves to fellowship with us. He loves us just to offload, talk to him about our issues. Lord, I'm struggling, I'm finding it hard. And then he loves us to hear what his solutions are to those issues. And in the same way in our marriages, we should be able to love sitting down, just talking with each other. Maybe you did when you were courting. Have a think about it now. How were you when you were courting? Did you spend a lot of time talking together? I bet you did. I've got a friend of mine at the moment, and he's just, he's just going through this courtship with this girl. He's just, he met her online, and um, I love sitting down with him because he's, he's so excited. He said, I just want to be in her presence, you know. And it's so sweet and so beautiful. That shouldn't go away in our marriages. We should love to be spend time. We have to be intentional, though, because there's so much pulling us away from that sort of relationship. We've got to make time to sit down and be with each other, uh, to talk and just, just fellowship together, be open. The greatest thing about love is it allows you to be your real self. Can you be really open with your spouse, with your weaknesses and the things that you're struggling with? Beautiful to be able to be totally open, isn't it, with one another? God sees it all. That's what makes me, makes me laugh sometimes when people are trying to hide things from God. <laughs> he sees it all anyway. Now, be totally open and honest and say, this is how it is. I'm struggling at the moment. I'm going through a hard time. And, um, and listen. Listen well. We, we, because we're so busy, we've lost the skill of listening sometimes. Being able to sit back, not trying to correct our spouse, not trying to say, oh, I'll sort them out. No, no. Just let them talk. Just let them talk and Listen. Listen well. You know what I mean by that? So it's nonverbal communication, nodding and everything else. It's very important. And then lastly, I'll just end with, with the, third area, the third area, is the area of intimacy. And I'm, I'm talking specifically about sexual intimacy because I think it's an area that Satan has come and has attacked. He's atta Why has he attacked it? Because it's such a beautiful part of this institution of marriage which God designed in the first place. And it should bring him glory and what Satan has done is taken it out of the, of the marriage context. He's demeaned it. He's trodden it underfoot. And he's made it as though it was nothing. And we as the church need to bring it back into the central place. It's meant to be within a marriage between a man and a woman in the central part of marriage. A beautiful thing for man and woman. Absolutely beautiful. Something that gives glory to God, but something that's really beautiful. So... Let's restore that into the Christian. I believe strongly God wants to do that. And by the way, I'm so delighted that you're going to be doing the marriage course. Nikki and Silla Lee are, are great friends of ours. So attend that. We should be hungry 
to learn more about, about our marriages and how we can honor God with it. And stand firm in this place of intimacy. I'm going to mention this now because it's I, I, in all that I've done with Alpha and everything else over the years, I've come to hear statistics, terrible statistics in the church, how pornography has come in and has attacked not just Christian marriages, all marriages. And it's destroying them, absolutely destroying them. Satan is behind it. It's, it's evil. And I would say resist it with all that you can. Don't, don't allow any, any foothold there because it's something that's... It's, Quite honestly, Satan is behind it, and I've seen that happen so many times. Well, I'm going to end just with a few thoughts. Uh, when I started praying, Steve uh, kindly invited me to, to, to come. I just started praying. The first thing God shared with me as I was praying uh, about this was something very beautiful as we end this morning. God wants us to, our marriages to be absolutely fantastic, absolutely amazing, uh, like eagles flying in the sky, really beautiful. Uh, and I would end with these thoughts. Um, first of all, there's a Latin phrase called cap, cap diem. Have you heard of it? It means basically seize the day. Seize the day for your marriage. Seize the day. Say from here on in, let's have the best marriage in the world. Our marriage is going to be the best marriage in the world, praise God. Coram Dio, live under the gaze of God. You're living it under his gaze for his glory, for his beauty. And we want our marriages to make God smile, don't we? That he can see our marriages and he can smile and say, that's how I wanted it to be. That reveals how my son is with the church. That's what we're showing. So final thoughts. Appreciate every moment. Make yourself happy in the, in the Lord each day. Before you start your day, you make yourself happy in the Lord. Hold hands more. Say, I love you more. Make love more, as long as you're in marriage. Right? Uh, do more dates. Eat more ice cream. Maybe that's just Virginia and me. We love our ice cream. Give, give more flowers. Laugh more. Smile more. The short Westminster Catechism says this. It says, the chief purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And one of the ways we can do that is in our marriages. Um, showing Jesus' love from the inside out. And by our love one for another, they may know that we are his disciples and that we're following him. May we just pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your love uh, shown to us in Jesus, how he laid his life down. And Lord, brought us into relationship with you. And Lord, we just pray that you would strengthen us now by the power of your Holy Spirit in our inner being, that Jesus would dwell in our hearts by faith. And Lord, in this area of marriage, Lord, this wonderful institution that you, you gave us, Lord, you designed it it's for your glory, strengthen us now, Lord. Give us great vision to see, Lord, that we're here to glorify you and help us to do it with a great smile. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Gerard. Well, how is God speaking to you right now? As you've uh, heard music sung, as, you, as you've sung the music, as you've heard prayers, as, as you have heard the word of God, how is he speaking to you? What is he touching on in your thinking and your feeling? What's resonating with you right now? Are you feeling a restlessness? Are you feeling uh, an anxiety? Are you feeling a, a moment of inspiration? Uh, pay attention to that because the Holy Spirit moves among his people as we gather together in worship. He uses all these elements of worship to speak to us. 
He wants us to, uh, us to know how much he loves us, how much he wants to set us free. Uh, he wants us to be forgiven. He wants us to know that nothing and no one can come between uh, him and his love for us. So as you uh, continue to worship him, as we receive the offering of the morning, he wants to fill you with every good and perfect gift. Think about that. The Lord of the universe wants to fill you with every good and perfect gift. And out of that fullness, out of that overflow, we, we bring our tithes and our offerings to him. But most importantly, we bring ourselves to him. We open our hearts and our minds to him. And if you today are rep, you know, feeling like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I even believe in God, let him meet you at that point. If you're feeling frustrated, though, though you believe in him, you feel like you're really struggling in your faith, let him meet you there. Maybe things are going really, really well for you. Now you're thinking, oh my gosh, I hope something bad doesn't happen to me. Let him meet you in that point of anxiety. Be present to him as we receive uh, the offer of the morning, starting with you. So Lord Jesus, we bring ourselves to you, recognizing that as we open our hands to you, you fill us with every good and perfect gift. As we offer to you, and not only our tithes and our offerings, but our very being. Uh, you do something remarkable. You reproduce it. You expand it. You multiply it. And so, Lord, we pray that we could be caught up in this transformational relationship with you, that we would see life differently, we'd experience it differently, that we would know that we are your beloved. And so we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. i 
Imagine doing that forever, uh, being in the presence of God forever. We get a taste of that each time we gather. If you gather in a life group, uh, if you gather with, with brothers and sisters serving others in the name of Jesus. Uh, if you are here today and you don't know the Lord, uh, perhaps today is the day you begin that relationship, simply saying, Lord, I have so many questions, I have so many doubts, but I, I'm convinced you're, you're real and I want to know you. Open your heart and your mind to Him. Invite Him into your life. Let us help you grow in that relationship with Him. If you are a follower of Jesus and you feel like, I'm just so disconnected, maybe now is the time to get involved in a, in a life group, a group of people that meet every week for prayer, Bible study, mutual encouragement. Uh, perhaps you're feeling like, well, I'm doing those things, but I still feel restless and undeveloped in my life. Perhaps it's time for you to take a step forward and to use what God has put in your hands to bless others. Maybe your life is a little bit too safe a little bit too circumscribed. Maybe it's time to open it up and step out and believe that God wants to bless others in, in the same way He is blessing you. Uh, whatever that is for you, uh, we, we, we invite you and encourage you to open your life to Him and take that next step, whatever it is. Uh, if you need anything, uh, uh, any prayer for anything in your life, invite you following the benediction to go out around the corner and there'll be people there who will pray for you. Uh, I want to uh, request that all of us be praying for the Bauman family. Uh, Garrett Bauman went to be with the Lord this week after a very, very long fight and illness. Uh, his family has felt very supported and encouraged by you, but it's a horrible time uh, as a family to go through that kind of loss, as you know, as you have said today. And so let's be praying for them and reaching out to them. We'll give you more information about a memorial service uh, as we get it. But now, uh, Rihanna, where is Rihanna? Is Rihanna here? Rihanna Contreras, is she here? We, uh, we're saying goodbye to Rihanna today. We prayed for her and commissioned her last service, and she might be out having too much fun right now with other people in the back. Um, <coughs> Rihanna has served here as an intern. Uh, she has been our uh, full-time director of, of uh, children's ministry. She's, we've walked with her through her whole process at Fuller Seminary. And uh, is she on her way? Well, then, Bob, how about you come up and stand in front of, uh, for, uh, for Rihanna? 
so be sure, uh, she has blessed uh, families in this church in so many ways. Uh, she's been an incredible blessing to us, a great gift to us. Uh, she's going into a, a new season of life working at Point Loma a Nazarene University, and we're happy for her, but we're sad for us. So please, before you leave today, make your way out in the back and be sure to thank her and tell her how much you appreciate her. Uh, she's, oh, here she is. <clears throat> Can you welcome Rihanna? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So <laughs> tell us what you will be doing next. Sure thing. I will be working at Point Loma Nazarene University in their Center for Justice and Reconciliation. So they do a lot of awesome work um, fighting human trafficking in San Diego and working in other justice issues and engaging college, college students in that. Well, can we express how much she means to us and, and thank her again for all she has done. This has been a great gift. Thank So, uh, we want to pray for you. We want to pray uh, for you and Alex as you go forward. So, would you pray with me? So, Lord Jesus, uh, we thank you for this young woman. We thank you for the way that you have blessed us through her. We thank you for the opportunity to have walked with her these last seven years, to see the ways that you have worked in and through her, to watch her grow. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, the way you brought her and Alex together and the life you've given them. And now we pray, Lord, that you would bless them in every way as they continue to serve you together, uh, especially in this new role at Point Loma. We pray that you would open up doors of blessing for Rihanna as she takes her formidable and amazing gifts and talents, her creativity, uh, her capacity to see things that others don't see and make them happen. We pray that uh, you would bless uh, the efforts of that university to bless so many people through Rihanna. And so we thank you for the time she's been with us and as bittersweet as this is to say goodbye, we thank you, Lord, for the gift that it has been uh, to walk with her. And so we commit her to you and pray you provide everything she needs in this next season of her life. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord who loves you more than you can ask or even imagine give you everything you need to walk in newness and fullness of life with Him, both now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.